You know, today is a day that in the life of the church we call All Saints Sunday. And in the traditional worship service, and I think uh, perhaps in here too, you have um, remembered those saints. And our definition of that is those that have gone, um, outrun us to heaven, if you will, in the past year. Their names will be read in just a moment, or probably right now, over in the traditional service. And in addition to the names of our saints, we're also reading the names of the eleven who died in the synagogue shooting just eight days ago. Today we're preaching on the theme, Why Church? And we're getting at why church is relevant today. And we realize that a lot of people question the relevance of church and the importance of church. So what makes us unique? What makes us different? I want to share today that the message is entitled Enriching Relationships and it is relationships that make the difference in our faith. The church uplifts relationship, relationship with God and relationship in the spirit of Christ with others. You know, we remember today that the the relationships even of those who have made an impact on us and who have enriched our lives, who are no longer here on this earth. They have, in essence, are at that place, not made with hands, but eternal in the heavens. You know, that's what the scripture says. Or we can quote Jesus where Jesus says that that there is a place I've prepared for you. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go and prepare a place for you? And there I will be with you always. And we read in Revelation, the 22nd chapter, the 5th verse, about, uh, I love the way Eugene Peterson says it in the message. And you know, Eugene Peterson died a few weeks ago. So his name is being read in his church today. But I love the way he described in Revelation 22, 5. In that place, there'll be no lamplight. There'll be no need for sunlight. For there will be no night. It will be day. The day that Christ brings to eternal life. So today we're talking about enrich, enriching relationships. You know, following this service today, Scott and I are going to be signing the book together. And, uh, I mean, we're not going to be signing it together. We're going to be, the book's called Together, and I'm going to be signing it, and Scott's going to be signing it. So I guess we're signing it together. Okay. But what I want to remind us about that book, that's your book. That's your story. And I do say the your to mean the larger Lover's Lane United Methodist Church, but I really want you to hear your when I'm talking to you, the crosswalk community. For a lot of the, uh, the passion behind that book is what has been brought to bear by this community in the midst of this church. And we couldn't tell the crosswalk story or the, uh, the Lover's Lane story, without uplifting some of the saints of this church, some of whom you may not have even known, or I didn't know Tom Ship, but we also uplift other persons whom you'd know very well, who are part of this congregation. It's the relationships that we tell about. You can't tell the Lover's Lane story without dealing with the important relationships. So I want to ask you this morning, 
What enriching relationship is on your heart today? I'm talking about a person who's no longer here on this earth, but whose life enriched your life. Your relationship with him or her made a difference to you. Who is that person? Name them in your hearts. Now for me, you know, I can't help but on this All Saints Sunday think about my mentor, Bill Henson. And, and the, uh, I wrote a book about him 14 years ago. That it was entitled, Lord, He Went. I wrote it after his death. It was my way of dealing with his sudden death. But I, I remembered um, this week that the very last sermon that Bill Henson ever preached was on All Saints Sunday, the first Sunday of November in 2004 in Huntsville, Alabama. In his retirement, the pastor there at First United Methodist Huntsville, Alabama, let him preach the early service and it was always packed because he was quite a preacher. And the last sermon he ever preached in this life was on All Saints Sunday. So I decided I'd look at that sermon again. And in that sermon, Bill Henson told a story that was classic Bill Henson. I'm not going to tell it as much as I'm going to read his words, but I want you to hear it this morning. He shared in that All Saints Sunday uh, sermon um, years ago, in a weak and restless moment, when all of our children were still in elementary school, Gene and I took our kids on a three-week camping trip to California. Now, they lived in Georgia. In a further wild and reckless moment, we allowed our children to invite three friends to go along with us. Now, get this image. They're in a van, and they're pulling a pop-up tent from Georgia to the Pacific Ocean in California. And they have six elementary age children in the van. Bill said the first night wasn't too bad. They camped in some place in Mississippi. He said there were mosquitoes about the size of English sparrows. And to make matters worse, as I was putting the pop-up trailer tent down on that first night, after that first night... I sprung something, and it never would completely go down, which made for an interesting ride. And so, for the rest of the trip, to California and back, we rode in kind of a quiver. And the second night, we camped in Amarillo, Texas, after a very long day. Mississippi to Amarillo, Texas. Six elementary age children in the van with the trailer quivering down the highway. Bill said to his Alabama congregation, I don't know how many of you have been to Amarillo, Texas, but when we say the wind blows out there, friends, that's an understatement as big as Texas. We set up the clothesline and I got out the grill. We were going to splurge that night and have steak. And then came the wind, and it blew the clothes off the clothesline and across the pasture. And luckily, they hung on a barbed wire fence. But in the meantime, as we were collecting the clothes, the wind blew the grill over, and there were hot charcoals all over the ground, which didn't do the children with bare uh, feet any good. 
But determined to go on to the Pacific Ocean, we forged forward. And as soon as I got to the Pacific Ocean on the west coast, he said, and as soon as all the children were out and we were standing there on the beach, and I said, well, there it is, kids, the Pacific Ocean. Let's go home. We piled back into the van and back home we started. He said, at every campsite on the way home, I left something. At the first campsite, I left the heater. And then a couple of stops later, I left the grill. And then another stop, I left something else. And Gene said, Bill, do you realize that you are leaving things when we stop? He said, I'm leaving everything that gives me a memory of this trip. He said it was like the Trail of Tears going from California back to Georgia. And then he reported that someone asked him why he sold the pop-up tent one week after he got home. Bill said, because it took me that long to get it in the paper and to get some fool to buy it. I love that man. Who are you remembering today? whose life has enriched you, whose faith has made an impact on you. Maybe a story comes to your mind like that one that causes you to laugh and just see him telling that story and trying to see what that experience might have been like. Maybe to call on that memory of someone who's enriched your life brings a tear to your eye. Maybe some unresolved stuff, good or bad, that you wished you had to do over with. Or maybe you're just still sad because of the thought of the loss. Or maybe you remember that someone and you can think specifically about that relationship and how it drew you closer to the ultimate relationship that you have with God. I'd like to read the scripture at this time from Colossians, the third chapter. Paul is writing to the church and he's talking about uh, being dressed, spiritually dressed, to the nines. Beginning with the eighth verse of the third chapter of Colossians. But now you must get rid of all such things, anger, wrath, malice, Slander, the abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourself with the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of its creator. In that renewal, there is no longer Greek or Jew or circumcised or uncircumcised or barbarian or Scythian, our slave, our free, but Christ in all, is all, and in all. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourself with compassion and kindness and humility and meekness and patience. Bear with one another, and in, if, another, if, if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, 
clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do in word and deed, do everything in the name, in the spirit, in the person of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Why church? The church is the institution that is commissioned by God to see our unity in the midst of our diversity. And friends, if I have to convince you that the world needs to hear that message today, then I don't know what to do. For we hear it all day long, every day, the accentuation of our differences that divide. And Christ is the one who calls us to a relationship with Him that calls us in relationship with Him to be in relationship with others who may believe differently, who may look differently, who may have a different sexual orientation than yours. And we're called to love. Not with our love, but with Christ's love. Loving through us. So I want to ask you one question. What is meant by the compassion in light of enriching relationships? And I remind us of the word of God. Paul said, clothe yourself with compassion. Not your compassion, but the compassion of Christ. And kindness. And humility. And meekness. And patience. Bear one another and forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you. So if you put on all of that, if you allow the Holy Spirit to dress you in all of that compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, then you will forgive. Because the Christ in you will call you to forgiveness. And then, clothe yourself in love, which binds everything in perfect harmony. Not your love. But the love of God in you through your enriching relationship with Jesus Christ. And let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. To which indeed you were called to be in one body and be thankful. Be thankful. Friends, this is the ultimate teaching on enriching relationships. The text is about clothing ourselves as a spiritual dressing to the nines, but we don't clothe ourselves. We allow the Holy Spirit, we pray that the Holy Spirit will clothe us and will call us to that deeper compassion and love that, that we're called to share with the world. We're called to share Christ's compassion to the world.
It's important to note that we can come to church half-dressed, but we cannot be the church and be half-dressed. The world needs to see the church fully dressed. The world needs to see that what, what we wear is the love of Christ that we see in compassion and kindness and forgiveness and all of the good stuff that Paul mentioned to us. Now I want to ask you, how many of you gazed in a mirror at least for a little while this morning? How many of you? Is there anybody who didn't? I'm going to trust everyone raised their hand that they did. You know, it, it caused me to remember, I, I, I loved playing football in high school. And uh, I was a lineman on both sides, the defense and the offense. But on the offense, we had a running back who was a, one of my best friends. His name was Larry. He was number 20. He's a pretty good running back. And I remember before every game, Larry would stand in, he would stand in front of a mirror. And he would, you know, primp. He would make sure his number was just right and his hair was just right. You know, we were fixing to put on a helmet, right? And we are going to go on a football field and get grass-stained or muddy and dirty and sweaty and all that. But here was Larry, making sure that hair was right. Making sure those shoulder pads were, you know, just, just right. That his, his thigh pads were even. Knee pads, good. Socks were pulled up, good. I said, Larry, why on earth do you spend so much time before a football game looking at yourself in a mirror? He said, Stan, when I look good, I play good. Well, I can assure you that I never played on the football field with Larry that he didn't look good. Now, sometimes he didn't play that good, but he always looked good. You know, I want to challenge us to look at ourselves in a spiritual sense. How are we dressed? How do we look? That's an important thing for us to examine. Have we let the Holy Spirit dress us to the nines? Because when, when, we, when we look good, we'll, we'll, we'll play well in the kingdom. Because how, how we look is not our own compassion and the rest. It's Christ's. i got to close. Garrison Keeler, the Prairie Home Companion, the one who has spun Minnesota lore for many years about enriching relationships in his life, shared about his Uncle John. He shared with a great deal of thanksgiving about Uncle John. He, he made Uncle John come alive to those of us who heard his story, right? You could tell when Garrison Keeler talked about Uncle John, he was talking about someone who enriched his life, who made a difference. He said Uncle John had a faith that was kind of simple. It was very authentic. It was very real to Uncle John. And he said, you, you saw that most of all when Uncle John prayed. And Garrison Keeler then went on with his story about Uncle John, talking about Uncle John praying at the dinner table. He said, oh, when Uncle John was called to pray on at the dinner table, he went on and on and on. 
if Uncle John prayed, the food would get cold before he quit. And he said he would pray and he'd, he'd start praying about things and then he'd get to the, the, the passion of Christ. And he'd start talking about the cross and what the cross meant to him and, and about forgiveness and what forgiveness meant to him and redemption. And, and, and then he'd start to cry. He'd always start to cry. Uncle John never prayed that he didn't cry. And, and, and the more he talked about the love of God in his life, he'd cry more and he'd blubber. And, 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 and when he'd finally land the plane... And say amen. We were all so thankful. He said, when Uncle John prayed and there were people around the dinner table who were not part of the family, you were especially embarrassed. Because Uncle John would pray without abandon. He said, I remember the time our, our family invited the new clergy family in town to come over for dinner. And the question all of we, us kids had was, you think Uncle John would be called on to do the prayer? Garrison Keeler said the only person in the family who really loved Uncle John's prayers and was never embarrassed one lick about him was Mama. And when we all sat down at the dinner table and we were about ready to eat, Mama called on Uncle John, Uncle John, why don't you pray over our dinner? And he went on. And he went on. And he started talking about what God had done on the cross and the passion of Christ. And he just couldn't quit. He just started talking about God's forgiveness. He started to cry. And, and then he, he kept on talking about how much God had it meant to him and all that God had done for him. And he, he continued to blubber. And he just went on and on. And we were opening our eyes and rolling our eyes and looking. And when finally Uncle John said, Amen, thank God, we all opened our eyes and there were no eyes wider than the clergy families. He said the new preacher in town knew that Uncle John was different and that our family was different. And then Garrison Keeler said something I want us to hear. He said a lot of people talk about their relationship with God and a lot of people can talk about the passion of Christ on the cross. But Uncle John, he never got over it. He, he never, ever got over it. You know, friends, my heartfelt prayer for each and every one of us today is that we have such a relationship with Christ. Such an enriching relationship with Christ when we think about what Christ has done for us and does for us. We're so overwhelmed with that love, with gratitude, that we never get over it. And I pray that we allow the Holy Spirit to dress us to the nines with compassion, as we remember the passion of Christ and what Christ has done for us, it's Christ in us, the resurrected Lord, who shares his compassion to a world in need. Now I want to give you something to do. If you're asleep, wake up. If you're awake, take a mental note. Today at lunch, maybe, 
Maybe you'll be with some friends. Why don't you take just a little bit of time to name someone who was an enriching relationship in your life and part of that clothing that they wore that made a difference in you. Or maybe you can write a note. I'm not talking about a letter. I'm talking about just a little simple note where you name this someone and you describe one piece of clothing that they wore, Christ's clothing, that made a difference to you. Can you do that? And, and, and before you're through, give God thanks and praise for enriching your life through the Christ you saw in that other. Amen.